Hey, everybody. Welcome back to a new episode of Project Tahiti. It's a magical place. I'm one of your hosts, Jess, and I'm joined by your other host, Jared. Welcome. Hello. Welcome to your own podcast. <laughs> I don't know why I said that. <laughs> well, well. <laughs> oh, this Welcome is going to be a fun one. <laughs> yeah, I'm having a time already. Um, That's okay. I'm on uh, pain meds because I'm developing possibly carpal tunnel i slept no. on my on my left arm wrong and the guy's like oh yeah oh you pinched your nerve but i think you're developing carpal tunnel and then i was like well wouldn't i get that my right hand from drawing more like i definitely do do more with that he's like oh yeah but he's like he's probably also have like new stresses from you know texting and whatnot uh, which you know your right hand you've been writing with your whole life like the, it, there's a yeah. whole lot more pressure on that so it might just be that it's new and whatnot so you probably are developing it in your right hand too you just didn't notice so, it you didn't yeah. sleep on it wrong and i'm like oh great <laughs> so, sucks. yeah I actually, you know what now that i think about it i remember when i when i was having carpal tunnel symptoms it was in my left hand also from interesting when I was a server yeah it, it, i guess it makes sense like our right hands are probably more used to added stress and whatnot mm -hmm. like yeah I think my left hand was my plate carrying arm too. So I was putting more weight on it. So I guess that kind of makes sense. That's no, so it does. weird though. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. So I, I'm hopefully, hopefully Who this decided will be putting a like a tendon sheath around like all your nerves and shit in your wrist of all places was a good idea. Like that's dumb. <laughs> so that it can get irritated. No, I, like our, uh, <laughs> I like the flexibility we have, but yeah, the, ability to be irritated and torn or inflamed is not great we should talk to radcliffe about this <laughs> model <laughs> no Any carpal upgrades? tunnel Upgr wrist upgrades please all right before we get started this is a part we are a part of the but why though podcast community uh so be sure to check them out on twitter at but why though pc and their website at but why though podcast but wait, but why though podcast.com. We are super proud to be a part of their community, even though I can't talk this morning. <laughs> um, so this is season four, episode 11, titled Wake Up, um, which may already kind of woke up already. This is kind of, I don't know. This is, I, we'll get to it. Anyway, <laughs> written by uh, Drew Z. Greenberg, Greenberg, directed by, I cannot talk. I'm so sorry. I don't know what's going on. Directed by Jesse Bochco, originally aired January 24th, 2017. So this is an episode where we are learning what happened in the past while it was happening on screen for us a few episodes ago. So this is five days ago. Uh, May is seeing Coulson off on a mission and they're talking about that bottle that they have to open up later. And this is where May is supposed to go retrieve Ada because she needs to be decommissioned and and it, it's bad. So and we weren't we'd thought, I think, with the placement of this, when we were talking about it before, we weren't quite sure. Yeah, we were and, wrong. And so, yeah, so the first <laughs> the beginning of this flirtation started with the real May when she goes on a mission and it's picked up by yeah. a robot. Yeah. God damn it. Um, <laughs> so I think when this episode actually happened, we suspect. I don't think we suspected this was the time that she got switched. Maybe we did. I can't remember. I, now, it, but I think it at I least think reminded us of it. Like yeah. it, I think it, I think it got us talking about it. Cause it was like, Hey, when does this happen? You know, yeah. like, uh. <laughs> I know, which I mean, it, either way, it's really frustrating because the conversations that they have after she's a robot sucks. <laughs> right. Um, 
So they're flirting. This is the real May. They're flirting. Radcliffe. So so Coulson leaves and Radcliffe comes up to her and is like concerned because he's like, Mason knows what Ada is. And he's like, you know, I could help. I could like try to fix her. And she's like, no, no, no. <laughs> um, and oh, great. In the notes, I put May is on her way to go get May, which is kind of true. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. So May is on her way to go get Ada and Radcliffe is like, I'll tell her to expect you, which great. Um, and then he calls Ada somewhere on a phone, a watch. I don't know how he's calling her, but he's like, hey, locate sunset protocol. And she's like, yes. And he says, access it. Oh, no. So this is obviously something Radcliffe has planned. So how he knew to make an LMD of Agent May, of all people, like why they would send her is interesting. Um, I think yeah. she explains earlier in the conversation, like, you know, they're sending me just in case Ada puts up resistance or something. But I, you know, they could have easily sent Mac too. Like, why would, I don't know. It yeah. It, it, <laughs> it, it does bring up a question. Like, cause it feels like is the sunset protocol just to detain them to get yeah. duplicated. And if so, how are they duplicating them so fast? Like well, it, it made sense when they had the dark hold. Yeah. The only other thing I can think of is because in the next episode, um, Simmons realizes that May is an LMD because um, Radcliffe actually he she saw him map another brain and it was May's like when she was dead. Or right. To die. So he didn't oh, have a chance to map anyone else's brain. So May is the only one that he could I think that probably does make the most sense. So it's like it wouldn't if it if it was Mac, he just wouldn't have implemented it yet. Mm -hmm. he, would, he had he had this. That makes sense. That makes yeah. sense. Because this is the only brain that he had. Who else so he was just waiting for an opportunity for me to, to come. Switch. Oh, God. That's so, ew. so gross. Anyway, so this is obviously the point where May gets switched. Um, so May comes in and Ada drugs May and switches her with the LMD. And then they sync their memories, which is really creepy. So they like hook real May up to some, you know, brain thing and they sync it with the LMD. That's they, like, ba oh, they back up her brain. Yeah, it's so weird. It's so creepy. It really creeped me out. This episode creeped me out a lot. Um, and then we go to one day ago and May is in a spa. And this is obviously the framework because May would never go to a spa. At least we don't think so. Um, and the guy walks in. He's like, hello. Um, I hope you enjoyed your facial. Uh Let's have your massage next. She's like, no, thanks. I don't want a massage. I want out of here. And then she keeps waking up in this loop of like waking up in the spa. And then she's like, no, I don't want to be here. I don't want this. And so she hits the massage therapist and she wakes up in real life. And this is the point where she wakes up in the closet and she has that really violent encounter with dark Ada and Radcliffe because the first Ada was the, the other Ada, the one that like got onto the base and they cut her head off. This yeah. Ada 1.0. Yeah. This is the dark Ada that she's interacting with. And so as we remember, you know, she fights and then Ada drugs her again. She smacks Radcliffe in the face and he's like, don't kill her. <laughs> and now we go to today and May is in a new simulation and um, Radcliffe's like, yeah, I think we figured it out to help May have peace. And Dark Ada asks, why does it matter if the original May is dead or alive? We already have this May. And Radcliffe is like horrified. He's like, Ada, no. <laughs> and he's trying to explain. He's like, we can't just kill people. And then he says, if something goes wrong, now they have a safety net. We have another LMD. So now we have this trope that's used in like robot sci-fi a lot. I feel like I... 
Battlestar Galactica oh, comes yes. to mind is no. specifically where someone is switched with a robot and no one knows who and the audience doesn't know who. So now we just have to guess. <laughs> I was absolutely like thinking of Battlestar for sure as well. Like, yeah, uh, since I've rewatched that relatively recently. No, yeah. it's uh, it's definitely a trope. And if it's not, you know, that it's it, it, it's the one where somebody's possessed you know yeah, it's like, yeah, or, or somebody, a shapeshifter they've been infiltrated exactly. by a shapeshifter <laughs> yeah. it, 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 it's it's something that sci-fi does all the time but again but like, i kind of love it <laughs> no uh, it, it, it's 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 fun and like the way they do it this season it's like it it has a weird thing in common with like with battlestar but also like other uh more noir or like mystery sci-fi stuff because I think like the Battlestar stuff is more obvious. Like yeah. once they have the mystery going, it's always there to a certain extent, but then they eventually kind of wrap it up because they identify all the model numbers. But like in this, it, they keep on having fake outs throughout this third until the end, until, until they're all kidnapped and, no and robot, roboticized. <laughs> and the cast is like not suspecting that anybody would be a robot because why would there be a robot? Like, right. Even you know, like that's not a thing in this world right. yet. <laughs> Well, now it is, but um, so nobody's it's the, it's suspicious. The thing, it's the one it's thing just Mac, us. Uh, is it is it hip to? No, <laughs> He's hip to everything else through sci-fi and pop culture, but this he hasn't picked up on this one yet. No, not yet. Um, so LMD May, as uh, if we forgot from, I don't know if it was last episode or the episode before, she got injured, and so she has that gash on her back, and she discovered it in the mirror. She said, discovered that there was like wiring and metal and shit, and she's all freaked out. So she's getting dressed, and she's very concerned and very confused about her metal body. And um, May, Stacey, Gemma, Talbot, and Coulson are discussing an op with Nadir, and, and May is in there, but she's very distracted. And Talbot... Um, uh, Colson wants to go, they're, they're going to go just some kind of hearing with the Senate and um, they're going to have access uh, to Nadir's office and Colson wants to go bug it and Talbot's like, no. And then Colson's also like, no, we have to do this. And Tal- Talbot is like, this is politics. This is not spycraft. Like this is like the muck you like, don't want to get into that. Like it'll, it's dangerous. And, um, Colson ends up winning, so they're going to go spy on Nadir anyway. Um, meanwhile, Radcliffe checks on the real May, and she seems stabilized, and he leaves Ada alone with her. Ada knocks over a glass jar, and she goes to leave to get a trash can, and then May is actually awake. So she uses, like, the like the cloth that all the stuff is sitting on to, like, scoot the stuff on the tray closer to her. So she grabs a glass beaker, she breaks it, and she uses it to cut her restraints or start cutting her restraints. This is a simulation, obviously, because why would Ada ever knock something over? (laughs) That's a red flag, first of all. Um, Meanwhile, Mac and Yo-Yo are being nasty in Mac's room, and Yo-Yo says... I want to give props to ABC real quick and, and them... Uh, more of an ABC because like there was a definite definite change in like the in the nature of network television I think maybe with oh, streaming yeah. and everything else where when we were kids I think like up to up to us being like teens in the in the 90s like shit got pretty racy on mainstream network television I remember seeing yeah. Jimmy Smith's ass a lot on NYPD Blue <laughs> on ABC in the same time slot, you know, and like, 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 hey, whoa! But they were trying to get all the Marvel cinematic viewers, which you know, as much as it is Young. fun and whatnot, and there's a lot of death and explosions, it's very tame when it comes to sexuality, like, yeah, and which 
again, it's such a weird puritanical, like fucked up thing about America. It's like, oh, kids can see decapitations wholesale, but sex? I don't know. That's fucked up God. for a child to be aware of. Like, wait, what? Puritanistic Why? Why is it? Lord. <laughs> but uh, no, like for like all you see is is the back of Natalia Buckley Cordova, like like mm-hmm. the very top half of her shoulders, but. They pull it off like with the it's camera effective. work. There's yeah. no doubt about what just happened. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. and they're both sexy enough people, but like, and it's shot well enough. Like, like it could have been really, really cheesy or like jarringly, weirdly adult, but it felt yeah. like it, they towed the line perfectly. And I, I was impressed. I was like, whoa, sexy times. But then it went directly into the story, like, without yeah. giving a beat. Yeah. Well, and they didn't use it. I feel like sometimes TV shows use sex to just to for shock value to oh, like, to oh somebody's oh. naked i definitely feel like totally... that's how it was in nypd blue that era yeah it's like see how adult we are we're yeah. super adult <laughs> like but this is actually like going towards the story it's like showing like how their relationship is progressing but also like how much like mac is still holding back and how that's bothering her Absolutely. Um, so it's it has a purpose um with still still being kind of like ooh like they're you know they're very attractive people having sex <laughs> but it's not just sex for the purpose of like showing naked people on screen which is you know whatever that's fun but it is it's not necessary in a show like this where like young kids are probably watching yes. I guess they have to learn about sex somehow. May as well be through Shield. Yeah, um, Mac should teach them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I just had an image of Mac as Captain America doing the chair thing. So, <laughs> I think you're ready to have sex. <laughs> oh my god, I really, I really want that. Like, I want a Marvel. <laughs> See, now I, I really know. want to be Captain America <laughs> and, and him to teach kids about safe sex. I know. So what's better than an attractive black man who is very, very emotionally like in, in touch. tune with himself yeah. Yeah. and teaching children what's what's the proper way? Um so Yo-Yo has this line. She says, I'm happy Turtle Man came out to play this morning. And Mac is like horrified. He's like, What? She's like, No, no, I mean you, although we could call your little yeah, like, you well, know, we can cover girl. the nickname. <laughs> like, oh my god, the fact that she made explicit the implicit joke because it was already like Max's reaction was like, whoa, 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 like, like, and I thought it was funny because like it was teasing and getting under his skin when it wasn't right after sex. Oh, I you know. know? Like, like, <laughs> he's so easily embarrassed about this kind of stuff. It's so funny, um, no, and, and it's just great acting from both of them. Like it, like man, they do a really great job. Yeah, they do. Um, and then she t- starts talking about how, like, oh, you're like, you, she's like, I love your insides. Like, you're a good, you have a good heart, like, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, but you're like, your outside is pretty okay too. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, she says that he's, that, that he doesn't even seem real, <laughs> which, yes, is, which, which is true. Well, and also that plays into the whole thing about somebody else is an LMD. Like, you don't even seem real. Like, oh, God. <laughs> now we have to suspect that everybody is an LMD. Um, and then Max says something like, yeah, you're all right. And she's like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, yeah, she says, it's like, she's, she's like, I'm a knockout. And she, yeah. she says, and she delivers it with such confidence that, like, even if she wasn't, you'd believe that she believes it. But, but I mean, she clearly she is. is. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like. <laughs> These are both two like preposterously attractive people. <laughs> but no. Um, so she's getting dressed, and then Mac is also getting dressed, and his phone is vibrating, and he looks at it and it's like text. He looks kind of concerned and he starts getting dressed too. And she's like, What's going on? 
um, are you ready for the mission? And he's like, oh, I'm not going. I have, a, you know, something else came up and she's disappointed and he's acting kind of suspicious. But we know if we've seen the show before or we have, obviously, but if you, <laughs> you listener, if you've seen the show before, um, you know why he's acting suspicious. But to Elena, we'll, we'll, we'll like, oh, we'll who, is, who is he texting with? You know, because, it, it, you know, like, why why would he have a dead daughter? Like, why would you assume that about somebody? <laughs> <laughs> like, well, yeah. And, like, even if you knew that, if you don't know any of the details yet, you know, like, yeah. like yeah. It, it ends up being perfectly reasonable. But in the moment, you do get why it feels, I think it feels extra sketchy because it's not Mac. Yeah. And I think I think she's conflating his distance which is which is directly related to what's going on with this sketchy behavior and so yeah. like it, I, I like it because they do talk it out like she immediately says how she feels like, like, like this episode does a really great job with their relationship and just oh, in yeah. general of i think showing like like modeling healthy behavior and understand like like, like she's understanding and compassionate when they do talk later it's like they just do a really great job. Like, yeah. And also, like, if you think about Mac's past behavior, like they just are just now getting to this point in their relationship. Like he's been super kind of weird and distant, like the entire time they've like had feelings for each other. Like she's she's the very much been the instigator of everything. Right. And he's kind of like, I'm not sure. Like, okay, I'm just not gonna talk to you. But also clearly has feelings for her, but like doesn't know what to do. So it's kind of still in that line. So I, I would, if I was Elena, I would completely feel the same way. I'd be like, great. Like he's pulling back again. Like now what is he doing? Like, Oh, is there somebody else? Is that why he's being distant this whole time? You know? So it's like, I get it. There's like, uh, she's absolutely justified. I think, oh yeah. No, for it suspicion. makes perfect sense. Um, so meanwhile, Fitz is watching some old security footage of Ada and everything that happened around that situation where before she got her head cut off and um, May comes up. She's like, hey, uh, I want to talk to you. And he's like, what? And she's like, I need to close out the Ada case. And so she starts asking him questions about um, asking how aware she was that she was being that she was an LMD. And Fitz is like, oh, this is about you, isn't it? And she's like, wait, what? No, no, it's not about me. <laughs> why, why would you even think of asking that? <laughs> and then he's like, no, it's about the dark hold. Like, you gave it to her. Um, and she, he's like, you know, it's not, you had no choice. Like, this is just what we had to do, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, no, like, I, you know, ultimately, this is all my fault. And he's like, well, you just, you know, you have to, you, you are the one that does what needs to be done. That's just how you're built. Like, <laughs> God, all these, all this dialogue that relates back to robots. It's just yeah, they they really lay it on thick. They like. really do. <laughs> um, uh, meanwhile, the real May is still trying to cut herself out of her restraints, and she cuts the shit out of her hand before Ada returns with a broom. But then Radcliffe interrupts, and he's calling to Ada from the other room, and so she turns around before she can see all the blood. And then basically, she 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 goes to Radcliffe instead of coming back in the room, and so May has more time to cut herself loose. Uh, Colson, Mace, and Talbot um, are where are they? They're, they're going somewhere. to Deer, right? Oh, are they're they... on the. I didn't put where they were. They're somewhere. Oh, they're in the Quinjet, I think. Whatever. Anyway, Talbot is trying to stop them from spying on Nadir. Oh no, they're about to get on the Quinjet. They're still on the base. So Talbot is trying to stop them from spying on Nadir. He's like, this is not a good idea. And Coulson and him are arguing. And Mace is like in between them trying to play peacekeeper. He's like, no, no, guys, like, let's just settle down. And Talbot starts saying all this crazy dialogue that I didn't even write down because I was I like couldn't even keep up. I was like, oh, my God, who writes this guy's lines? <laughs> like, they 
were just ridiculous. And Colson is just like, you know, going going at it just as hard. And then ultimately Mace takes Colson's side be- and Talbot's like, oh, I know why you're agreeing with him because he kind of knows about their arrangement that Colson's kind of in charge again. Yeah, he's he's um, figured out that Colson's calling the shots now. I, I think he even assumed it before Mace made it clear to Colson uh, at the way yeah. the last episode ended when they were having their like three-way chat. And he's like, Hey, I need to talk to, uh, to Colson. Can you, cl- can you yeah. give us the room? And he's like, what? Yeah. <laughs> he's like, I, I made you like, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, and meanwhile, May is free. She like cuts herself loose and she, runs out into the living area and she goes to go out the door and Ada punches through the glass inset in the door and they fight. Ada launches May across the room and she's like, you know what, Agent May, I like you. I don't want to kill you, but I hope to make this quick and painless. And she stabs, um, but May stabs her with a fire poker and then runs upstairs. And then as this was happening, I just realized this was a simulation <laughs> in the framework. I forgot that this wasn't real. And I was like, no. <laughs> um, so Daisy is in a suit and she looks great. And her and Mace are walking into the Senate hearing. And they kind of have this moment where they're, you know, nobody, they're not ready to start yet. So they're chatting alone. And, you know, they have this, you know, this kind of this coming to Jesus moment, I guess. And he suggests, you know, based on like how she grew up, he's like, you know, it must have been hard. Like you probably felt like you always had to perform, you know, going from foster home to foster home. And she's like, well, yeah, I had to, I felt like I had to put on an act for the places I wanted to stay at. <laughs> um, and he's like, yeah, but you know what? I know it's not an act with you. I know it's a real deal. First of all, Colson told me that and I trust him. And she's kind of like, you know, well, maybe you're right. Um, and he's like, oh, you and Colson talk about this and because uh, he's she says something about mace that suggests that her and colson have talked about mace and she's like yeah well colson believed in me before i believed in myself and i think he feels the same way about you he believed in you before you believed in yourself which is kind of a sweet moment because they clearly did not like each other at all <laughs> a couple episodes ago and now they're kind of coming to this understanding well, because of yeah, Coulson. well and i feel like it, when he mentions the thing about you know, performing and, and asking like if she had to put up a performance when she was going through the foster homes, like he, like, it seems like he's not so much suggesting that that's what she's doing now is saying like that you don't want to start off this new role, like as the head of the public face of shield Mm -hmm. doing a performance because you are the real deal. And if you do start off doing performance, you'll get trapped in it. Cause like, that's like saying that's what happened to him. Yeah. He brings it back to him and how that's what happened and how, yeah, I don't feel great about it. So (laughs) I felt like he was more good acting from Amara, like where Mm. like he just did that really good, like subtle kind of emotional stuff. And it, he just, he, he feels very much like he is like, I don't know. If Colson is our group's dad, then he's the new uncle and like yeah. he's trying to find his place sort of yeah. like, he, like, like, yeah. and he does, he wants to help everybody. Like, it, like we talked a lot about it in the previous episode. It, it's like, they've done a good job of, in, of endearing him to us, even though he is kind of problematic and he's not perfect by any means. Like, like he knows it and he's trying to make amends once he's been called out on it. Like, mm-hmm. so it's, it's very hard to like hate him or whatever, which I don't think we're supposed to anymore. I think it was pretty, no, a yeah. brief arc at the beginning. But it, it, they they they're doing a good job with all the different relationships, and they are. Um, also, I like that 
he does have something in common with Daisy at this point because now she is, you know, he is the face of S.H.I.E.L.D., but she is essentially becoming, like, the number two. Honestly, she's the number one because she is the only inhuman that is the face of S.H.I.E.L.D. And the only real S.H.I.E.L.D. Like, yeah, he's just just a sock puppet. Yeah, she is the real deal, as he says, like, in every way. Like, she's the actual superhero here. And, uh, you know, like, I, I mentioned a couple episodes ago, like, you know, maybe one of the reasons why he was so antagonistic towards her is because maybe he was jealous. And I think now he's like kind of getting over that and realizing like I don't have to be her but I can support her and like help her be the best person that she can be and be the best leader that she can be and I I, I really appreciate that for it's good it feels it, it feels like it, <laughs> it, 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 it it does it feels like it's like very realistic and legitimate like self uh you, you know evaluation and like like it, it seems like it's something that came from the reality of his situation being like Confront, confronting him in the previous episode and him just kind of like thinking about what he really wants and he doesn't care about he's you know he didn't try to be a hero this wasn't ever, ever his plan this is shit that was thrust on him it's like his actual goal the reason why he always did it is because he's a good soldier a good patriot because he yeah. follows orders and listen and does what's for the good of, good of the country or whatever which all that stuff's nebulous on how actually heroic it is <laughs> yeah. but i think his motivation is there like he, he wants to help people and do something he thinks is right and now he's able realizing he's able to do that better through supporting daisy and through supporting colson and i think like that's there's there is something nice about it in the story in this story like objectively yeah. in real life i still probably wouldn't root for him but i yeah. don't know but i'd root for any of these guys so. yeah agreed i'd be like you're all you're all problematic all right <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which they are let's rewind to daisy the beginning of the series and let's just bust the whole system (laughs) seriously man imagine how crazy this show would have been if she was that voice the entire time instead of being completely indoctrinated by shield like she was always like which honestly i feel like the only only way that the only thing preventing that from having happened was them starting the show and the process of creating the show back when Obama was in office. Yeah, <laughs> like, I, I feel like if they'd started right. it now, I think Jed and Mo would totally just be yeah, it would just be an anti- <laughs> yeah, it would be an anti-shield group taking Anarchist. down the bad shield. Shield is anarchy. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Um Oh, so Nadir walks in, I forgot to mention this, as they're chatting, and Daisy, I forget what she says, she says something like, oh, I'm surprised to see you here, you know, Director Mays, and Daisy says, she just like, says it as it is, she's like, oh, surprised he's not dead yet, huh? <laughs> like, it's like, no, she, she does not play any games, it's kind oh, of awesome. Wow. Yeah, it's really awesome, so that's how they're starting off their hearing, which is going to go great, as you can see. Um, so Coulson and Yo-Yo, um, Fitz obviously created fake badges for them so that they could get into the Capitol and they're dressed all nice. And then Elena starts talking to him about why Mac isn't there. And Coulson's like, no, 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 no. I don't know anything. Leave me out of it. Mac is very private. I feel like you probably know way more about him than I do. And I've known him twice as long. So, um, and she wants to read Mac's file because she wants to know what secrets he's keeping. And he's like, why don't you just get to know him the organic way? You know, like ask each other questions. I'm sure he'll tell you if you ask him why he wasn't here today. And then Elena starts to suggest that it must be even harder for May and Coulson to get to know each other if they're trying to get each to get to know each other the organic way. He's like, why don't you just read her? She's like, why don't you just read her file? And Coulson gets all defensive. He's like, what What do you mean, me and May? Like, nothing's going on. And she's like, yeah, okay. <laughs> um, 
And then Elena goes and does her yo-yo thing and grabs a, a badge from one of Nadir's assistants and they so the, the badge that they need to get into Nadir's office so that they the, can bug it. The end of the of her uh, like pimping Coulson had a great line <laughs> when she's giving shit. She uh uh you know, you know she says that she knows that they like each other and whatnot, and she says something like, "I don't need to read uh, your file to know like what's going on." And he says, "Nobody likes a smartass." And then she goes to the office and comes back, and she goes, "I haven't found that in my experience." Like she's like, <laughs> like, 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 which I thought that was a really great line because it's like, I no, know. she's very likable and she is a smartass. She's got you, Colson. <laughs> I freaking love her so much. I'm I'm so glad that she's a part of this cast. Like, a oh, me too. Like a. Uh, uh, what do you call it when you're continuing with the show? Uh, joining, joining the cast. I don't like a, like a full time. Yeah, full time cast member. I guess that's what I was trying to say. Yeah, because before she was re- she was a recurring <laughs> guest for a long there we time. Go. That's, like that's like, like, was... like other people have been like no, t- like Talbot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh Talbot, this is a good episode for Talbot too. I think like we get to see like a different side of him. I didn't. It is. Before, I, I but... like it when he's not like. I don't know. He's still cartooning everything, but because he's not the what they're going up against, like yeah. they use him well. I, like, yeah, I agree. We'll get to that in a second because him and Coulson have a serious chat. Um, so Fitz is in. I guess it's him and Gemma's room. I put his room, but I think they're sharing a room at this point, right? They live together it's, in their it bunk. Seems like, <laughs> like they're cohabitating in, yeah, in their underground bunk. Fitz under a bustling metropolis, or maybe a bar in the desert. <laughs> Uh, so Fitz is in their room and Gemma walks in and um, she's like, hey, do you want to join me in doing whatever I'm doing? But he's busy. Like, oh, they were like going to monitor the mission or something like that. She said, we could really use your help. And he's like, no, I'm busy looking into something. Gemma's like, you know, um, if you, the great thing about having a girlfriend is that you have someone to talk to if something's bothering you. And she's like, but I don't want to, you know, he's like, I know, she's like, I know the Ada stuff really bothered you and I don't want to intrude on you while you're processing, which here we go with the LMD lines again. And Fitz is just like, no, no, thanks. I appreciate it. And Gemma leaves. And then we see what Fitz is working on. It's, and it's something to do with Ada and he's like keeping it from Gemma still. And I hate it. Um, but we find out later that it was for a good cause. So you know, though they do a they, they do a fake out, which they do, it, and I totally it, bought it. I forgot that he was working on good stuff. Rather I than had to because because of how it turns out after they get him, <laughs> like like, like I, I had forgotten that there Dude, was. This- I, for- I forgot so much of what happened <laughs> in this episode because of the very end. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> we'll talk about that in a second. Um. So Daisy is answering a bunch of questions from the senators and then it's Nadir's turn to question her and she throws all these questions about like, what did you do with the money that you robbed from all the banks? And she's like, well, I give it to a good cause. And she's like, oh, so you just never gave that money back? Like, that's pretty illegal. And then um, Mace tries to help by being like, well, everything that she was doing was like for S.H.I.E.L.D. And she's like, oh, so either Daisy or S.H.I.E.L.D. were acting illegally and she's kind of got them in a bind now, which is not great. But I, like I, I, that, that part really pissed me off on some level because like that i get i get it it's no more of a gimme or a or like a mcguffin or bullshit than most anything in any show that we watch you know because the stories need to happen the way they do but in reality cinders can't do that shit like they Mm -hmm. are they are an espionage organization the cia 
breaks international laws and UN mm-hmm. laws all the fucking time. And we don't, and senators yeah. aren't, don't expose them because they do that shit off the books. But, but like, like it's insane. Like, like I, I so wanted Daisy to stand up and say, where's your brother? <laughs> like, like, <laughs> like, sh- show me your fucking dead brother. You well, asshole. I think she, she actually does say a line about that. She's <laughs> like, you know, cause someone asks her like, Oh, something about like, in, she says something. She says something about yeah, she answers that in humans are everybody. You know, they're your neighbors, your coworkers, your brothers. And she looks mm. at him <laughs> like, like she definitely she's fucking with her there. But mm. then you know, after she brings up the illegal stuff, I really, really wanted her to be like, like just take it one step further and not intimate and kind of mess with her about her brother, but just like say it out loud in front of I everyone. Know. Like you murdered your your inhuman brother, you monster. <laughs> <laughs> Because you know, come on, so, as long as they're just exposing their secrets in court, you know, or right? Jesus Christ. Um. So also, <laughs> the one thing that like I would say is like my headcanon for getting around the whole espionage thing is the um Sokovia Accords because technically D- Daisy is, you know, she signed the accords, so she agreed. You know, she has everything that she does as an inhuman. She has to get you an approval or something like that, right? That's the law. But yeah, it's a big but, law, so it's like we, well, we and again, we it. do stuff without you and approval, and then we yeah. don't we don't dime ourselves. <laughs> like, like we don't we don't rat on our own country. Yeah. Like, but like, I feel like with, this is the this is the complication of having Inhumans in a spy organization. Is like you know the world wants everything that Inhumans does out in the open because they're right. like this new entity, or not just Inhumans, but anyone with, that's powered. Because people view them as dangerous, and they could like totally take advantage of people and and and, and nations. No, no, I, I think so, I think you're right that it works. I think that the only issue I guess I have is that the way it's going down. Because like Nadir would get in trouble. Like there'd be blowback for her. This this she wouldn't just be fine. Like the government wouldn't be okay with her exposing their own secrets and implicating another area of the government. It be she'd be like an Edward Snowden situation if she was yeah. going to expose all this stuff. So it, like, it doesn't really make sense that she would be able to do it. She, I, I guess it's just efficiency of storytelling rather than yeah. have her have a hacker expose yeah. it, you know, yeah. <laughs> like, like which they could have done, but it would have taken an extra episode. And instead we get three seasons in one. So I'm not going to complain. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Yeah, it's weird. I like you said, this isn't the whole. This isn't the point of this right. season. So it is just like it's a, something a, that kind it, of a throwaway. Felt, it, yeah, it felt weird for them to put something so so. I feel like that should have had either a bigger consequence for one of them. If she was successful, like it should have crippled Shield, but it doesn't really do anything. <laughs> like, no, but you know what? What makes me think like this probably is not a public hearing. Like, because you know, like. Especially if they're part of, I don't know what kind of committee that they're on. Like if it's defense, yeah, what are the shield intelligence and committee, what are the made up like, meta human the shield, the shield right. intelligence committee or something like that. Like I'm sure that this is not public, and so this is you know this is not being recorded or or nothing that's said in this in this committee is like being is out for public knowledge. But still, it's like it's weird. That's just a weird. It's a weird thing. Knowing how our government works, this is weird. <laughs> well, I wonder if it's just if the, if the reasoning for putting this in there more than anything is just to show that Nadir is slowly gaining support in the government. Like, oh, maybe I'm trying to figure it out because everything is so is paced so well this season, and it does feel like it doesn't have that much of a payoff. But then again, we've forgotten enough little details that I'm sure <laughs> it's possible this will have a payoff in the next few episodes. <laughs> yeah, I can't I can't really remember how this storyline 
ends. And I mean, you mentioned before the watchdog dude that like tries to trick Nadir and then he ends up becoming inhuman himself. Yeah. I totally forgot about that. And so I have no idea what's, what's coming for this. I don't remember at all. Um, I'm not sure how it all resolves. I I remember like a lot of different pieces, but I'm not sure how everything resolves itself and interconnects. Yeah. It'd be fun to Um, to watch the rest of the season. (laughs) I know. (laughs) I know. I kind of wanted to watch ahead after, um, because we watched. I almost did too. (laughs) The next episode, I was like, wait, I don't remember what happens next. I kind of wanted to watch ahead, but I I held back. (laughs) Same. I didn't want to be that far away from it. I know. (laughs) Um, So Coulson and Yo-Yo are bugging Nadir's office, and then Gemma is watching them on infrared, of course. (laughs) They love their infrared. (laughs) You can identify every one of them by body heat signature. Coulson taught her how. (laughs) Oh, my God. And so she's like, oh, guys, someone's coming. And then these you see these two bodies, and they will just walk past the office. They don't actually go in. She's like, okay, everything's cool. And then um, so they keep going. And then all of a sudden, her iPad like goes fuzzy. And she's like, what the fuck just happened? And then Yo-Yo opens a drawer and finds like a some kind of bomb. In the, and it goes off and knocks Yo-Yo out. And Coulson's like, what the fuck? And then a bunch of guards come in. So apparently Nadir knew that they were coming. And then she uses it in this meeting. She's like, She's like, oh, there were shield agents and an inhuman trying to break into my office just now. And she like has them walk in in cuffs and it's Coulson and Yo-Yo. So Nadir totally played them and it's shitty. Again, I, I kind of wish someone could, like I wish Coulson or Tal or someone would have been like, how did you know that was going to happen? Like you haven't gotten a phone yeah. call while you're on the stand. You clearly set this shit up. Yeah. <laughs> but but that also immediately admits to what they were doing exactly. <laughs> like, I, I get why no one's saying that I still kind of wish someone <laughs> called her out on her I wish Talbot I really wish Talbot would have said something because that would have been a great screaming match between him and Nadir oh <laughs> yeah really entertaining a, a cartoon version of uh, a few good men <laughs> oh god so good so um Nadir Talbot Mace and then someone who works for Nadir I'm assuming are in the hallway um chatting and it looks very serious and uh yo-yo colson and daisy are in another room and they're like looking very chastised and sad <laughs> and um talbot comes in or everybody comes in except excuse me um and the senate is going to investigate shield and mace is like yeah but it's probably not going to amount to anything so we're probably fine we're good and <laughs> talbot, talbot is really pissed about them going after nadir he's like why don't you listen to me like you just do whatever you want and you just don't care what i have to say i have expertise too and he's like really kind of hurt by it it seems like so he and colson are just going at it and colson's like look like you're way too close to this like you keep making really bad decisions about this and you won't listen to me and now look where we are like this entire thing is is in jeopardy like the only reason that shields exist is because of me and maybe that's a mistake and it's like ooh, maybe you're right <laughs> um but i really like this side of talbot because he's still using all that bluster but he's he's calling colson out for sure because the whole reason colson stepped aside is be- is because he realized that he had soft spots and he had blind spots and so he's like you know we need someone else to be the leader because i keep fucking up and i keep you know i'm too close to all of this i'm close too close to my people i'm too close to the inhuman stuff and here he is back where he started because he got frustrated that he wasn't in control of things and talbot's like dude you're going against everything that you tried to fix here and here we are again (laughs) and now we're like an actual like public entity and you can't do this anymore like we're not in the shadows like you have you're accountable now <laughs> which he was he should have always been accountable but he's really <laughs> accountable because it's like oh you have public funding now 
Yeah. So. Um, and, oh, and Coulson asks Talbot if he was the leak. He's like, hey, the one good thing about this is that we know that we have a leak now. So was it you? Are you the one that's like, obviously, you were upset about this. And Talbot's just like, wow. Like, no, I'm not the leak, you asshole. <laughs> um, so May, meanwhile, is running up the stairs trying to find an unlocked door. And she finds one. And there's an empty apartment. And she's like sneaking around. And then suddenly Ada is there. And they fight and um, she throws Ada off the balcony and then it gets all glitchy, like pixelated and stuff. And May's like, what the fuck? It's so now awesome. she knows. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like it's like in Roger Rabbit or something when they like mm-hmm. go through a toon wall and like, like yeah. she disappears. But it's like it's like the whole veneer of, of a few feet away from the balcony or whatever is mm-hmm. is is like, a, you know, a set a matte painting or whatever. So, so it like warps and then molds back into place like like it's a cool yeah. effect it reminds me a little bit of when uh thor dies in um cabin in the woods spoilers for the movie cabin in the woods but chris hemsworth uh just trying to cross a ravine where you find out there's like a holographic wall between this cliff side they're on and the other side to jump to so he drives a motorcycle into a holographic wall and like spat, splatters on the wall and slides down oh, and it's like geez it's massively like <laughs> terrifying and shocking when it happens but it reminded me of that moment i was like oh shit like holographic simulation (laughs) i know the effect looks really cool though because i it's like a really quick moment but it's very effective and it looks good like yeah no it it was great the digital effects crew on this show is doing some good work here (laughs) they're making use of their mini matrix I know. Um, so now May obviously knows it's a simulation. She turns around and Ada is there and she's like, good job, Agent May. Like you've you've come to the end of the simulation. Like you keep beating it. You keep getting better, blah, blah, blah. And um, they have this like back and forth. And May's like, really? I keep beating it? You like? She's like, you keep putting me through it and I keep beating it? She's like, well, guess what? I'm going to get out. I'm going to wake up. And Ada's like, okay, well, here we're starting over again in three, two, one. And the simulation starts over. And Ada knocks the glass jar onto the ground. And here we are again. And it's so sad. <laughs> it is. Although it made me think again of how good they are at like their foreshadowing and their, oh, their, their yeah. repetition and whatnot. Because even in that first deal where we had the flashback where we found out from her point of view how she had been not responding to the spa treatment. Like in the previous episode, we just saw Ada mm-hmm. and, and Radcliffe talking about how the spa is not going to work for May. Uh, like every every subsequent one even though she woke up disoriented without the memories every time she figured it out faster each time yeah like, that's like, true. like so they, they they said like they actually showed us this before they told us which is brilliant because usually it's the opposite especially in like genre fiction and stuff that comes mm-hmm. from comic books usually they tell you before they show you and it's kind of lazy and yeah and i mean not necessarily lazy sometimes for economy of story but i just thought like this was really really clever like the way they actually did kind of preview that and then had ada explain it to her because it's i i like it too because ada is sort of the paperclip in microsoft yeah. <laughs> like, 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 like so it's the best excuse for villain monologuing i've ever heard oh yeah she is a sure. personal digital assistant and she's also wiping her memory so there's no yes. reason not to tell her it's like yeah. like it's like every other villain monologue that's supposed to not be so it's supposed to be self-aware, like fails by comparison. <laughs> like they, yeah. they, out, they outdid it uh, with this one. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. No, this is very, I didn't even catch that. That's what they were doing in the opening sequence. Like when she was, you know, in the spa, I'm really glad you brought that up because 
dude, they do such a good job on the show of like setting everything up. Like nothing's wasted. Everything is so. No, that's what makes me think that has this Senate thing has to have some payoff we don't yes. remember. I, yeah. It probably does. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I agree. Well, if, the if one, one of our listeners uh, figures on, it out, they can let us know. <laughs> yeah. the one thing that they dropped the ball on is VJ, you know, being in a husk at the bottom of the lake that it is, does appear, came back to. <laughs> it does appear that that was one that was neglected. And maybe, maybe it was like something they intended to do with the actor got a commitment like we, we i guess we can't know but or maybe he's just still at the bottom of the lake chilling like yeah, maybe Tuesday. it'll come up in the final season <laughs> they have like some kind of inhuman uprising in the very last episode of all of shield and he just returns <laughs> and, and it, it ends with them saying please forget everything you knew about inhumans and go let's <laughs> start over from the beginning <laughs> oh my god I don't um, envy them. That's, I mean, that's probably why they fired Jeff Loeb. It's just like, like, because how can you ask him to do that again? <laughs> like, like, to be like, hey, you remember how Inhumans really messed With everything shit? up? Yeah. Can you do it again, but not shitty this time? Like, yeah. that's gotta be, I, I can, I can see myself if I was like a giant corporate entity trying to like personify it, making that choice just to avoid it uncomfortable situation yeah. oh dude this is totally a sidebar but have you watched the trailer or like the teaser for um wandavision that came out like oh a, yes like, yes probably like over a month ago now yeah yeah okay no, I, I i had i did not care about that show at all i was like yeah whatever i'll watch it i guess but it looks so freaking i'm it looks I'm... so bizarre like i have no idea like what they're gonna do like well, what story it seems gonna... like it's legitimately based on like every there were two scarlet and a scarlet witch and vision miniseries or vision and scarlet witch miniseries in the 80s and then there's a vision series that's like very kind of not it's not meta but very like kind of risky and dark and weird but it was about vision creating his own family like after he and wanda finally break up and the more it's, it's more modern and like he creates mm-hmm. robot duplicates and whatnot of like he creates a wife and, and two kids and it's very very weird but <laughs> uh and and good and it feels like it's picking up some of that vibe with like this weird surreal sitcom vibe mm-hmm. but there's also like a lot of that back in the day in the, this 80s miniseries where like it's them first when they're first married and so they're just trying to to take time off from being avengers and like like have their honeymoon and then try to like live in a suburban home and then then in their 12 issue miniseries they decide to have kids so they've got to like wanda has to like take all the magic from this magic town so she can create children since she's a mutant and he's a robot (laughs) and she gets pregnant sure enough and but that's the thing is her twins uh billy and tommy they end up uh being revealed to because one writer hated that uh, she was with Vision and like used to constantly make jokes about like it being messed up, like being in love with a toaster and weird, weird shit. Uh, he ended up having Vision wow. <laughs> disassembled and reassembled without emotions, and like that broke them up for a long time. And uh, in this course of the story, they're also he, she also found out that oh, your kids aren't real; they're just figments of your imagination. And the, the way this is resolved. Uh, when they first disappear, they are taken and made into demon arms. I'll post a picture on the account what on the a fuck? guy named Master Pandemonium, who is a, 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 a satanic uh, villain who uh, made a deal with the devil to replace his uh, missing arms with demons. And then at some point, the devil like betrayed him and took it back. And so a new, another character, uh, Mephisto, the, the devil from most of the, the Ghost Rider stories, actually, he 
uh, made a, a, an offer to help uh, get him new arms if he would uh, do this deal. And they end up being Wanda and Vision's children, Tommy and Billy. And uh, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but they're now superheroes. Uh, Billy and Tommy are Wiccan and Speed. Uh, they they had been lost souls that Wanda used to create her children. Turns out they were real kids. They were just possibly people burning in hell. <laughs> okay, but but oh my we're not going to worry about that. They <laughs> they were they were essentially reborn as newborn children, and they were twin boys and very cute and whatnot, and had very brief lives, and. In in their destruction, Wanda used her powers and subconsciously their souls were uh, sent, I think, further back in time because these kids are teenagers uh, and became these two children who aren't related at all. Uh, Thomas Shepard, I think, from New Jersey and uh, Billy Kaplan, who I think is in New York City. And Billy is a nice uh, gay Jewish boy who is one of the founding member, members of the Young Avengers, a group of fanboys. He mm -hmm. became Asgardian to start. Uh, because he likes Thor a lot. I and mean, he found out that Scarlet Witch was actually his mom and was like, oh, well, like, this is pretty great because I'm actually, Scarlet Witch was actually my real favorite. I was just kind of embarrassed <laughs> to say it. And he, he became Wiccan. And, uh, uh, and his twin brother, uh, who's literally was born into another family, looks exactly like him, but with bright white hair, just like Quicksilver. And his codename is Speed, and he is a also like Quicksilver is kind of troubled, and he was they end up uh, having him join the team of the Young Avengers when they bust him out of prison because he's in superhuman juvie because he's a uh, kleptomaniac because he's super he's super fast teenager. I think it's okay. What would you do with Super yeah, Speed? Teenager, I'm perfectly right? okay with him being a shoplifter. <laughs> like that makes that makes sense. But they're they're interesting realize, characters. And... I didn't realize Scarlet Witch was so closely tied with the devil. <laughs> Well, <laughs> she usually isn't. This sort of is the only weird story that's like super tied to it. Uh, but yeah, so but they're in the trailer for WandaVision. That was a long roundabout uh, setup. There are a couple different scenes with two uh, like cribs, mm -hmm. like like two rocking cribs uh, in front of them. One of the sitcom scenes and like one of them. They're both spitting out their pacifiers at one at Wanda, one at Vision, mm -hmm. <laughs> like in, in one shot. And she's like jumping back. I think that's the one where this set is this. I posted on Twitter when it first dropped, but the set looks identical to the set from Family Ties, the uh, Michael J. Fox sitcom mm -hmm. from the 80s. <laughs> so like, like, and another one I think looks like uh, Full House. Like yeah. it, looks, it, it looks like it's intentionally maybe going through like Donna Reed in the sixties or something. And like Brady Bunch, there's definitely mm -hmm. a Brady, a Brady Bunch one, I think for the seventies and then eighties mm -hmm. uh, would be family ties and nineties would be full house, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And then reality would be the two thousands. Comics are fucking weird, man. They are. And <laughs> like, I can't wait to see what, I can't wait to see that series. And I feel like they moved it up, even though it's weird. They moved it up, I think, in the schedule because it was originally announced for 2021. And now it's announced for December of this year. Mm -hmm. And I feel like they probably moved it up because Wanda's supposed to play a big role in the new Doctor Strange. But now the new Doctor Strange may end up being delayed because they had to replace uh, Scott Derrickson with Sam Raimi, which. Really? Yeah, you didn't see that? No, I missed that. I don't. I I saw it everywhere. It seemed like it was like a confirmed thing and not just a rumor. I'm gonna search it real quick. 
What the yeah. fuck? Yeah. Yep. Sam Raimi. So Sam Raimi is back at Marvel. <laughs> okay. All right. Is weird. Why did it's he a, get replaced? Did he just uh, Scott Derrickson said there were creative differences after like several months of all like all the pre-planning and everything and an improved script. It seemed like for whatever reason he didn't like what they were doing or what they was being asked of him. And Sam well, Raimi Scott said Derrickson it was went to Biola. Very interesting. But he said he was uh, he was game. <laughs> wow. So it's very, very weird. I love I mean, the first two Spider-Men are good. I know. Really, I'm like, like not I'm not mad about it, but it just it's very strange. I can't help but remember how bad the third Spider-Man was. <laughs> like, but yeah. That's the first Venom one. It's bad. It's yeah. real bad. But but whatever. Like <laughs> <laughs> he's made a lot of my favorite movies. Like uh I I re- highly, highly recommend everyone uh see the the movie The Hudsucker Proxy. It's really weird. It's about a guy who invents the hula hoop. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah. It's played by Tim he's played by Tim Robbins. But it's like it's a a co-production between Sam Raimi and the Coen brothers, the guys who did the big Lebowski and a brother Warthow and all those, all those movies. So it's extremely weird. Like this blending of their, I think both strong and unique voices like joining together. So it's, it's a really, really weird picture, but I highly, highly recommend it. Very, very, very funny. And one of the silliest things I've ever seen. And uh, the only new year's movie I can think of. So (laughs) next new year's everybody watch uh, right. the, the Hudsucker proxy <laughs> it's on the list <laughs> oh man all right we're not even done with the episode yet i'm i'm getting us off track i'm sorry <laughs> oh no worries that was my bad we're, we're, we're getting close <laughs> um so may and Gemma are on the base discussing who the leak might be and then fitz is working on ada stuff at his desk and Gemma catches him she's like I can't believe you're doing this. And she's like, did you turn on Ada's ocular blah, 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 her eyes essentially. And she's like, <laughs> yeah. I can't remember what she calls it. She should have just said robot eye. <laughs> yeah. And he doesn't say anything. She's like, there's, they are essentially a camera. There's been a camera on us this whole time. And I bet that's how leak. they, Nadir yeah. got the leak. And he's like, nope, that's not he's it. Like, he's like, no, no, no. Listen to me. Like it's, it's, it's not what you think. I'm investigate. This is an investigation. I'm not yeah. obsessing. <laughs> yeah, she keeps saying you're obsessed in this obsession. And yeah, yeah. this is not an obsession. It's an investigation. Yeah. Oh man. When he said that, I was like, Oh wait, wait, I know it's not an obsession. I was like, Oh, what? Like, I, got, I, know. I totally, totally forgotten. And was, I was on Gemma's side until that moment. I'm like, oh, I know wait. me, me too. I was totally like, no, why is Fitz being so shitty? I was like, this is his descent into, into villainhood. Like this is, but I do get starts. it. Cause like he tried, <laughs> I feel like now in retrospect, you could do a little, like the beginning of the episode with the five days earlier thing. Like you'd do a little flashback thing to every time that he was trying to explain but he was trying to see what was going on and not trying to fix her or try, you know, yeah. like, 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 but every time she cut him off because she thought it was about his legitimate inability to understand what he'd done wrong. And she wanted yeah. to like, just move on and not rehash it. So like, ah, they're so good at writing. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. I love that moment. I was just like, Oh my God. It was such a great so redemption. The, our, our last, our last minute and final redemption of fits before he's permanently darkened. I know. Um, so LMD may shows up at Radcliffe's house and she's like, what the fuck am I? And he's like, Oh, <laughs> 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 oh hello. About that. <laughs> fuck. <laughs> um, and he tells her that she has a mission that she cannot disobey. 
Um, and she's like, no, there's enough mate in me to do what has to be done. And she tries to hit him. And yeah, she, she picks up a metal him. globe that looks like a Death Star model. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. And she can't hit him. And she's like, what the fuck? And then he talks about, you know, like you're you are May in every way because like all of your thoughts and memories and desires are in from May are in you. And he's like, you know, I'm trying to help you. Like, I'm trying to give you what you truly want. And she's like, what do I truly want? And so he starts talking about this romance between May and Coulson. And it feels really gross about how he's describing. He's like, I see the way that you look at him and blah, blah, blah. And he's like, I just want you to be happy. And he's like, why don't you just go after what you truly want? Or rather, whom you truly want? It's weirdly, Um, it's creepy, but it also, it's frustrating because it has a creepy vibe, but it's also true. I know. Like, like I was just thinking about it, like this episode alone, the subtle fucking face acting we get from Jason O'Mara and mm-hmm. uh, John Hanna, and then at the end of the episode, Henry Simmons is mm-hmm. fucking insane. Like they are such, such underrated actors. Like they all really three of are. those guys. And I get Jason O'Mara because I've seen him in so many bad things. <laughs> like, 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 that's not really his fault. That's just bad luck. But honestly, I the only thing I've really seen John Hanna is in the mummy yeah why is he pretty in everything (laughs) but he's so good he he toes the line between villain and like sympathetic like just trying to do the right trying to make everybody happy but in the wrong way so well like because this is creepy him talking about this like how he's been like essentially like Stalking observing, them. <laughs> observing the romance. It's yeah, like Loki Loki stalking them. <laughs> but he's also like, I just want you to be happy. Be who be with him, you know? Like yeah, because his observations talk- are on but point. And, but he's also talking to a robot. Like <laughs> yeah, so just be your weird. true self, the real you, who's also yeah. a robot, but don't even worry <laughs> about that right now. Get yours. <laughs> yeah, get yours. Oh my god. It's um, manipulative, but like there is a seed of honesty and goodness in it that right? like makes it really weird and gross yeah but also like i'm creeped out by him but i'm also like oh but i feel that like we also feel that way as the audience we want may and colson to get together and be happy and they're just they just can't because they keep things keep happening and may is essentially like getting in the way of herself a lot a lot um so anyway, he says this like, oh, I just want you to be happy. Do what you have, you know, go for what you want so you can be happy. And then S.H.I.E.L.D. agents swarm in and Fitz was investigating Radcliffe and Gemma's like, you get away from her. <laughs> and then um, Coulson's like, hey, May, why are you here? And she's like, oh, something that Fitz said, like I had suspicion. So I came here and obviously she's lying. And it's really upsetting because Col- er, uh, Radcliffe looks at her like, yeah, see, <laughs> you can't <laughs> <because> you're programming. <laughs> um, Meanwhile, Mac returns to base and Yo-Yo is like, hey, where were you? And he doesn't say anything at first. Or he says, oh, I went to go see my ex. And she's like, oh, well, okay, I can't do this because I can't be the other woman. I can't, you know, if you if you want to see other women, that's fine. You can do you. But, I, you know, I'm not a jealous person, but I'm becoming that. And I just don't want to do that. And she has this whole speech and she starts to leave. And he's like, wait, um, I and he starts telling her about hope. He's like, hope is my daughter. And she only lived for four days and tomorrow is her birthday. And my ex texted me because she has a hard time with it. And she just, I went to go see her because I didn't want her to be alone. <laughs> and it's when so he sad. says, and he says, and he says, I, you know, if I'm being honest, I kind of want to, like I, on some level, I probably wanted to spend the day with someone and just cool. think about hope too. You know, yeah. like, like, like it's like, it is so brutal. And like the look on his face when he's talking to her, like 
you can yeah. see the tears welling up. Like he's not, he's not, they're not like streaming down his face, but you can see his, he himself getting misty and like, it's. And he was totally like, I've been wanting to tell you about this, but I just, I just didn't know how to tell you. And she's like, I mean, Yo-Yo just immediately looks so like, oh shit. Like, oh, and she just I says, totally I'm sorry. read this wrong. Yeah. She says, I'm sorry a bunch of times. And like, it's, it, it hurts like, because you can feel like it's like a double sorry. Like she's sorry she pushed it, but she's also just more sorry for what he has to go through, what they both I have know. to go through. It's like, no, this, they do such a good job. Like, just like the thing with the Fitz and, and Simmons in the scene before, I like know. they do this, this thing where they make you keep switching which, partner in a dispute you side with as a viewer until you realize they're both justified somewhat yeah. like no one is being an asshole no one is being a bad partner or a villain or a dick it's it's i i, I like it because I mean, it's definitely not i wouldn't say most uh arguments or disputes or whatever between any relationship are, are necessarily like that diplomatic or not yeah. one-sided like like a lot of them i'm sure are because of one person but but if not most but yeah it's just it's just interesting like the way they do that without vilifying because so many shows i do think like they'll alternate which characters being a dick you know mm -hmm. and sometimes they'll mess up the the uh the recipe or like, like the equation because like i think yeah. on a show like the office it started off like i liked Jim and Pam both a lot. And by the end of the show, I kind of don't understand why Pam didn't leave Jim like right. three times because he's an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> like, because they, they fucked up the formula. Whereas on this show, they do a good enough job where, God, Fitz gets pushed, you know, spoilers in some pretty dark areas, but I still care about it. I still know what pushed him that, into that, mm -hmm. that point. And there's, and he, and, and same with Gemma, like she does some shitty things too sometimes, but still it's like, okay, I understand it. And I still like, we as audience members forgive them for being shitty because that's how their relationship is presented as like, Hey, I do shitty things. Sometimes I'm not always a good person, but I still care about you and I still love you. And I feel like they do that to us as audience members. Like we don't pick sides because we understand them as people and we love so. them despite their flaws. And that's they like do a real. really good job. <laughs> and they do a really good job. All the characters that we've they've stuck with, are characters who have i think integrity and character and they do have like accountability and they try to make amends and try to improve and own up to their shit like the only one who didn't was ward <laughs> like really yeah and may i honestly actually i think in lincoln too that guy you you don't own up to your shit by being a martyr he was just that guy's a drama queen <laughs> yeah that's a that's a cop out like you got to live your life and and make things right you don't just get to die <laughs> and leave everybody behind yeah that's not the way that is, I didn't mean to say that. That's not the way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, doctorating me. Anyway. Um, Anti-Mandalorians. <laughs> so um, May, LMD May, now we know for sure this is LMD May, goes to give Coulson a drink. She's like, here, long day. Here's a drink. And he's like, yeah, today was really bad. Um, and it seems like Coulson has taken what Talbot has said to heart. He's like, yeah, like, what if I am doing this wrong and, and i was i put in here this is why we love colson because he listens and he has he try even though he's not always good at self-analyzing and self-reflection he does try <laughs> um and i think and that's he, what makes his character him and makes what? him so different from yeah other and i think he I totally agree, and I, I think he never question. Or I, I think he never questions his motivations, but he does 
he's willing to like look into why he's doing what he's doing, why he's really doing what he's doing. Like, like if he's being used, if there's something else going on, like, like, I don't know. He's not, he, he doesn't consider himself infallible. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, 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 which a lot of these heroic characters, I think that's their big flaw. Like I love Steve Rogers, but and I don't think he thinks of himself as infallible, but he treats yeah. his feelings as infallible you know yeah. and it works out because that's how they're written because he's a okay apple pie super perfect yeah. guy but that's fake <laughs> like, it only I works in fiction i know i sometimes wonder if they would have made captain america into a tv show if they would have if we would have gotten like a more deep look into like that psyche of steve rogers and like what that actually what that infallibility actually was <laughs> to him well, yeah and would... like trying to live up to that kind of expectation because like that's yeah. no i God. think that's a good point because i i think mac is such a cool like he's he's my go-to ideal captain america replacement because he is yeah. so well realized because he is like fully aware of a lot of his own flaws and I don't know, and like, but still has that same conviction to try to do what's right that Coulson and Steve Rogers have. The, you know, the thing mm -hmm. that is believable that that I think Cap is just almost a caricature of. You know, yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, also, he's old and has lived through a different era, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> different like, values than modern. Uh, these modern men have. I think it's. I don't know. It's an interesting. He's an interesting character. I think. I, I, I feel like. Like Coulson is a weird, like you said, like if there was a TV version where they've gone deeper with it, I feel like Coulson is almost like a like a little bit of a what if, you know, because his yeah. his con the content of his character is a lot like Steve, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't know. It's oh, God, I love, I just love Coulson so much. I'm so <laughs> glad that they Me brought too. him back and they made him have his own show. <laughs> um, so May is like, hey, why are we just having a drink? We shouldn't we do something more? And she's just being super forward. And Coulson's kind of looking at her a little unconvinced. He's kind of like, I don't know. Like he doesn't I think I feel like he knows that this isn't May. Because <laughs> he's like, I think May, on wouldn't, some level, May wouldn't be like this. May this isn't like May to be like this. I think on some level that's happening. And on some level he's like also sweet. It's, <laughs> Well, it's also just happening so fast. Like it's like yeah. it's not it's not that it's something she wouldn't do or something that he doesn't want, but it's just like whoa! Like he's still like kind of like there's a little bit of the processing, and I think that I think we're meant to think that on some level he does know because even though it's almost her, it's not quite her. You know what I mean? Like yeah. Um, Coulson has good instincts about that kind of thing too. I think because um, he knows people, and he especially knows May because they've known each other for a long time. So I don't know. I just the look on his on on his face, like at the very end of the scene, like after she says what she says, he's just like, huh. Hmm. He doesn't look he doesn't look as excited as he should be. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just I, I just like thought of Colson in like a cheesy nineties beer commercial where like a bunch of like ladies in bikinis come out and he's like, Oh yeah. <laughs> like, having, like that kind of expression. Like all of a sudden he's got sunglasses on and he raises up. <laughs> Oh yeah, here we go. Oh. Um, <laughs> I like being a horny teenage Colson now. Oh my god. Um, so Radcliffe is being held in one of the containment uh, uh, cells downstairs, some wherever this downstairs may be. And Fitz goes <laughs> to see Radcliffe, and Fitz is very hurt. He's like, you know, like you were. I trusted you, blah, blah, blah. And um, Radcliffe tries to explain that he's just trying to help everyone. And he felt like Fitz was kind of like a son to him. And he just, 
wants to preserve life. That's like his ultimate goal. And something about what he says triggers something in Fitz. And so he walks away. He walks to the guard, grabs his gun, and shoots Radcliffe in the head. And it's not Radcliffe. It's an LMD, Radcliffe. And he dies. <laughs> or whatever the equivalent of an LMD. He just gets shut down. And then we pan to a different scene where Radcliffe and Nadir are watching the feed from LMD Radcliffe's eye cameras and they're working together apparently, which I did not I'd remember this at about all. That. Yep. Totally <laughs> forgotten about that. Um, so he's basically wanting protection from Nadir because he's like, look, you see why I need protection, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, well, that's not up to me. You have to meet the superior, whoever that might be, which we'll find out next episode. Um, right. Who we talked about in previous episodes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, at length. <laughs> yes, exactly. The very end scene is Radcliffe is on some kind of ship and Ada has moved the real May to this location. And he figured out that he needs put May in a very specific type of simulation. So he put her in a Bahrain simulation, but she actually saves the girl in the simulation. And it is so fucked up. I was really right. mad. He so had mad. a he had a moment of realization just like Fitz uh you know when he said he wanted to preserve life where he when he had reminded himself that May wasn't really fighting a battle. She was she was constantly fighting a battle that she'd already lost in the past. Yeah. And so, so that's why he, he did Bahrain and that's uh, there's no comic connections for this episode, but there are all those reappear- reappearances, not just of Ava and Katya uh, Belyakov from the Inhumans from Bahrain, mm-hmm. where this time it ends happy. Yeah. Uh, and it, I guess this time just Katya wasn't actually evil, just Eva was. And yeah. uh, it, so she wasn't being controlled by her daughter. Her daughter was innocent. And you also see appearances from old shield agents like agent Hart uh mm-hmm. and uh, agent o'brien who had had other appearances but also were in the original bahrain flashback in in oh. the uh, melinda episode god it's so fucked up it's so fucked up but then we so we get this preview of what's to come in the framework episodes i think because radcliffe for being like what is he what was he called in like when we first got a humanist or well, a post post humanist yeah so for someone that is essentially like a bioengineer in a sense like he is very in tune with people's psychology and like what makes them tick and it's kind of genius how he is able to like assess people and like the decisions they made and like the behavior that they are exhibiting now based off of things that happened in their past And essentially, like, he tries to fix that, like him putting May in the simulation where it goes well, what he thinks that's like a pivotal moment in her life that would have changed so much for her and her enabling her to be happy in the future. And that's what he does for all (laughs) everybody. We've talked about, I think, in past episodes already, the spoiler that is now even more apparent because it's the first time we have like explicit mention of hope of 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 uh, mm-hmm. Max's daughter, that that's what he lost and that's how to make him happy. And they basically are like, he's like going back and finding everybody's greatest regrets or yeah. things from their past that haunt them and fixing them. Yeah. And, like he, he is he, the, the, the better world of the framework. He's legitimately trying to make these people happy because yeah. he's like, I, 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 I can't remember if I put it in these words before. Cause I remember one previous episode, we kind of got into how we feel Radcliffe operates like how he's not really villainous but he's got he's out of control and like this episode and the and thinking about the goal of the framework like he really is like a riff on Lex Luthor or a James Bond supervillain who like 
all those old school James Bond villains from back mm-hmm. in the Cold War, like like from the the 60s and 70s, all of them had like they were like, I want to, you know, cull 75% of the earth and start over a new utopia, or I'm gonna build a socialist paradise on the moon. Like yeah. none of them, like they were all willing to do awful, crazy, violent terrorist things, but all their goals were like weirdly noble. <laughs> like, yeah. like and I feel like this is that's definitely Radcliffe. Like he doesn't want to destroy the earth in any way. He wants to make it better. But he's also but he's like, not, but he's not getting consent from people to just right. Hack he's their brains. <laughs> well, and, and I think we find out from finding out the story of his lost love or whatever is supposed to be sort of the reason why he might be a little yeah. warped. Like, like his idea of how to help people and how to make them happy is gross. Like you said, mm-hmm. like he's forcing himself on their brains, which is yeah. really gross. Yeah, really gross. Um. Yeah, I don't know. It's so it's very fast. It's really like this season is so well done. Just the way that everything is uncovered slowly, I think, episode by episode, even. Um, but it's also like fitting an entire season's worth of story, I feel like, into a third of like, a season. Like, like, yeah, yeah. They walk this great line. Like, it's like a mix between like British yeah, television and, you think and about it. So this episode, I mean, like, obviously the May stuff with Bob Rain was revealed, like, many seasons ago, but, like, that is a huge contributing factor to, like, what Radcliffe puts into May's framework self. Um, The next episode, we find out about Fitz's father, like, that's the huge pivot point for him that Radcliffe puts into the framework. And then for Coulson, it's, like, the whole teacher thing. I don't remember exactly what the pivotal point was for that. I think I remember that he uh, them saying that before he was recruited by Shield or before he went in the military he or, something, to be like a professor he, or something. Yeah, he wanted to be a teacher. And is it made? Was his dad a teacher? Yeah, his dad was a teacher. So I, th- I, his I think dad I remember, died, right? And so I think so. I, I think that, yeah. that he wanted to follow in his dad's footsteps, but then he ended up having a change. Like Shield ended up recruiting him yeah. instead uh, because he, then, was, he was going to be a history professor, right? <clears throat> yeah, yeah. And then um, I'm missing someone. Oh, and then Mac, like this episode, we find about Hope and, and Mac's whole situation with his daughter. And it's like, we find and, out. And Daisy about and, of- and, and Simmons invade. So we never do find out there. Yeah. So we don't need to because it's efficiency yeah. of storytelling. <laughs> yeah. Well, and also Daisy, we kind of already know her deal and she's already kind of come to terms with it. And- right. Which we we talked about that <laughs> uh, at the beginning of this yeah. season's coverage that she's kind of already gone through yeah. her metamorphosis. She's, she's this done is her a, therapy for, the, for the, her life. Past, yeah, like, like everybody like, else has not but i think the one thing that is not resolved for her is ward and so that's why like when when ward they try comes, to get her with ward when she comes face to face with ward like in the framework that's why it's so jarring for her because it's not something that she's kind of i think dealt with yet um, and the fact that's that it's kind a of like ward is such I a know. weird like fuck you to us and i know um, but that's probably what Daisy's like ultimate desire was, was to have Ward be good. And so they could, this, none of this would have happened, you know? Oh God. Such a good episode. Up. I know. Um, but yeah, I just think it's interesting that like all of this is kind of revealed kind of slowly, like through, and it's just like in little pieces. It's not like a huge, this, the entire episode wasn't a focus on like Mac and his daughter. And you know, it was very much like a, maybe even a C plot. It wasn't like. Oh yeah, like there's there's two scenes. He's only in two scenes yeah. in his in his bunker, you know. Like, yeah. but they're so effective and they're so like foundational. I think for the character, and it's the, just crazy how like all of this just gets 
put into like one big simulation. <laughs> like and, and the way that this LMD season feels like it's a cohesive or, or sub-season or whatever, feels like it's a cohesive storyline and, and the ghostwriter felt like it was and mm-hmm. and the framework will also feel like it is, but it's weaving elements in through from the beginning and, and yeah. throughout what like this is really masterful. What but like we we've talked we talk a lot like since the show started how we think this is an underappreciated show but it's this season i think illustrates some of their strongest like uh, uh, skills as a writing room Mm -hmm. a group of of executive producers and showrunners like i feel like any show would be lucky to have uh, mo and jed and and probably paul and drew and you know all these guys who just do a great job because the stuff like i don't I I, I can't think of another show that has three discrete plots in one season that are also one overarching plot. (laughs) It doesn't even make sense when I think about it. Yeah. And I mean, we talked to like earlier in the season, how each element of the three sub like sub seasons was introduced in the very beginning of the season. Like the LMD stuff was introduced, like the framework stuff was kind of introduced and the, obviously the Robbie Reyes stuff, but it all comes full circle. Like at the, at the end, like nothing is wasted. Nothing goes away really. Like we think Robbie goes away, but he doesn't really go. (laughs) Like he shows up right at the end of save the day. One uh, more time. And it's so great. I wouldn't even that like they did, they did a fake out. For that in Laws of Inferno Dynamics, yeah. when they have him disappear and they're like, oh, I guess Robbie's gone. And he shows up just to pull it in. Like, like, I know. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, oh, but it, man. it makes sense. It's so good. No, I mean, the fa- yeah, ah, they do they do such a good job with foreshadowing in this show. <laughs> like, it's- I know. I'm actually, I'm really excited to watch the next season, season five, because I feel like there was just a lot going on that was different for shield in the next season a rewatch is going to be good i think so that we can kind of see because obviously this writing team is very good at what they do like the season shows like they are excellent at pulling from threads from all over the place and like weaving it together very well um and i haven't really thought about season five in the same way that i've thought about season four so i'm curious to see what we what we discover for sure and and like (laughs) we're gonna get close to it i feel like uh, we'll get we're getting pretty close to when the final season's gonna air. Yeah. So, like, yeah. but but also, I feel like it's gonna be a weird experience for the first time because the last what two thirds of season six you're gonna maybe be watching for the first time. No, when I'm gonna it. I'm gonna try and watch it before we cover it. I'm actually gonna. Uh, I was thinking about that today. I was like, I should probably rewatch that, or I should <laughs> finish watching that like soon within the next few weeks. Um, you're like really. closing in on it. <laughs> I know. Um, Because the last episode I watched was the one where they get high. um, (laughs) And that's like the third, I think, maybe. It's an early early one, but it's it's very fun. I fucking love that episode so much. So many people did not like it. So many uh, people that I follow on Twitter that are like S.H.I.E.L.D. fandom were like, I didn't like that episode. I was like, are you kidding me? I I was hilarious. It It was so great. When he was even named after Fear and Loathing. I know. I, I felt like I, I felt like I knew exactly what I was getting. With that one. Right. And I was like, oh, yeah, I know what's happening. And then it was funny. I forget who I was who said this on Twitter, but they were like, you know, exactly every single actor on this or like it's very clear that Elizabeth Henstridge and Chloe Bennett have had edibles together. And they were just <laughs> acting exactly how they would have acted. otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I think we should wrap up 
yeah. here. Uh, where can people find you? I can be found at I Snow Nothing. Where can people find you? You can find me at Space Jess with four S's in the Jess. You can find this podcast on Twitter at Project Tahiti. You can listen to us on all the things. If you're a browser listener, you can go to butwhythopodcast.com and listen to us there. Uh, give them some traffic. And thank you all so much for listening to Project Tahiti. It's a magical place. Catch you later. Bye. Hey everybody, welcome to welcome the <laughs> What this isn't even a, a week a weekday evening. <laughs> I, <don't know. laughs> I got too excited.